Welcome to the Vapor Review Blog Podcast, uh, episode 10, most likely. Uh, joining me today is David from the Hammer Vaporizer. How are you doing, David? Doing great. How are you? I'm, I'm well. So we were talking about this right before we started recording the podcast, but I just want to jump right into it. You were kind of telling me how you started with the, uh, the Hammer Vaporizer. And so just before we jump right into that, let's uh, tell everyone who hasn't actually seen or used the Hammer what it is and, and, and how it works, and then we can talk about why you made it. Uh, okay. Well, the Hammer is basically a small, pocketable vaporizer. It's meant to be portable. It runs on butane, uh, and it really delivers incredibly powerful vapor uh, in very in a very short period of time. There's no long warm-up period. Uh, it's infinitely variable from very light, uh, gentle vapor all the way up to a really aggressive, uh, more powerful vapor that can really almost border on, uh, you know, just a complete extraction. It, it almost, uh, a lot of people that have trouble with vaporizers saying that it's a little too wispy for them, the hammer really resolves that issue for them because it, it, it almost feels uh, more like smoking. It's, uh, it, you're not wondering whether or not you got a hit. You're, it's, you're very sure that right. you got a, a good, a good hit. Okay. And, and I've, I mean, I've used the hammer. I've, uh had the pleasure of experiencing exactly what you're talking about. Why, why do you suppose that the, it's able to do this? <clears throat> well, a lot of the electronic vaporizers, as wonderful as they are, they have a temperature threshold on them, and they basically only go up to 380, maybe 400 degrees at the max. And if you don't balance your rate of draw, uh, how fast you're inhaling perfectly, you can kind of overwhelm it with too much cold air, and it... Uh, it, it it doesn't work right, mm -hmm. and so you either you inhale slowly and do a very slow extraction, or uh, that's basically the only option. With the hammer, you can basically overdrive the hammer and heat it beyond the point of uh, a well, you know, well past four hundred degrees, and just compensate for that high heat with uh, a more aggressive draw. And so that allows you to really utilize the hammer any way that you like. You could certainly run the hammer very low and slow and take a very slow draw on it and do a slow extraction like a lot of the electronic vapes. But you also have that option of really cranking the heat up, you know, almost to the point you could really push it to combustion. A lot of our users really enjoy using it with concentrates and you obviously need to push the temperatures a lot higher just for that process, you know by itself compared to leaf. Right. Uh, now, when you use it with concentrates, is there a slightly different technique or a special tool you have to use, or is it the same hammer that you can use with the uh, with uh, herbal mixes? It works perfectly with herbal mixes. A lot of people will just take some concentrates and add a little bit on top of uh, their leaf, which uh, basically you don't have to have the leaf there, but it'll, it's allows something for the concentrate to kind of stick to so that it doesn't run away. Um, we have some other users that actually will apply the concentrate directly inside of the heat exchanger, um, almost like a, a nail system. Uh, and it's uh, a method that was recently brought to my attention. And it's really pretty, I, I was impressed with how nicely it worked so much so that uh, we've started looking into creating a titanium version of the hammer. Uh, 
that allows uh, you know a much better surface for for that kind of direct application uh, as opposed to more of a, a convective approach to concentrates. When they do that, do they apply it to the the front or the the back? Do they apply it to the end of the heat exchanger without the um, the bat on it? Yeah, basically hold the hammer like this vertically so that the heat exchanger is straight up and down. Okay. And okay. your 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 rig would be coming in directly here, and then they're dabbing right into the top into the back port. Okay. Just drop it, literally dropping the nail in loosely, and it touches the hottest part of the heat exchanger inside. Uh, it's not something that I have tried, but uh, it, uh, the video that was posted, I mean, I was really impressed with how well that it worked. Uh, like I said, so much so that uh, I've already created a prototype with a titanium heat exchanger in there. Wow. Which it's functionally exactly the same as the stainless steel one that the hammer is currently produced with, but... Uh, the you know the titanium is obviously a much more pure surface for that kind of direct application. Is that, there that is there any reason people shouldn't be doing this yet? Uh, I don't think so. It's certainly going to make your hammer dirty, but I don't see any reason that it would harm the hammer. One of the one of my favorite things about the hammer is that the the stem is separate from the hammer itself, and so really only the stem is what gets dirty. And so if you are traveling on an airplane, you can basically take clean glass with you on the plane and, and right. pitch it for, before you come home. You know, Now, if you're doing these direct concentrate applications inside the hammer, I think you're going to kind of lose the benefit of having a clean device. It's uh, What's the best way to put this? Um, I don't think that's that big of a trade-off, especially to be able to do concentrates. I mean, to be able to use the, the hammer as a portable butane uh, I don't even want to say e-nail because it's the design is analog. It's very much like a regular nail. That's, it is. It's kind of a nail and torch in one. And uh, yeah, that, know, we, that's a huge benefit, um, especially the way is. you described it. You know, when you were describing people putting concentrates on it, I imagine them holding it all, you know, straight up and down so that the the glass bed is horizontal. But the way you were describing it is they're putting it on oil rigs, so that's even cooler. Well, the way the we're coming out with a concentrate adapter, and the way that I had originally designed it is. Uh, it's more like a, it, it's an adapt, it's an adaptation to the bowl to the stem, and there's basically like a little sponge in the bowl that holds the concentrate, and it still relies on a convective process, this hot air moving through the sponge in order to to boil off the concentrate, and I I personally really like that because you can really fine tune the heat level and get. Uh, a brilliant extraction out of it because you're not scorching it on a hot nail. But obviously lots of people are very comfortable with that kind of tried and true method of using a nail. And so really that this, this, you know, big fan of ours had posted this video on YouTube the other day showing what he was doing for concentrates. And I was blown away with how well that it worked. It was really, uh, I was kind of kicking myself for not having thought of it <laughs> earlier. It's so obvious. And in retrospect, I was like, oh my God, that's, that's, it's so obvious. What about a ceramic sponge like they use in the health stone? That the health stone was honestly kind of the, uh, the impetus for my first, uh, for the, for the original idea. We were having a lot of success, like I said, kind of putting concentrates on top of leaf, but you know, a lot of people don't want to kind of double up. They want to, you know, keep, keep things separate. Mm -hmm. And 
the the one that were while I like the Healthstone a lot, um, it's uh, it's kind of a proprietary system uh, to them. And uh, I'm as a glass blower, I'm obviously very partial to glass, and so the the stem that we're working on actually uses more of a glass sponge that's in there. And so it is still in uh, an inert material, just like the uh, just like the health stone. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it just kind of maybe stays a little bit more true to my roots uh, in the glass community. We never we never actually got into this discussion, but this is a, a good segue back into it is, is how you uh, how you started the hammer. And you were telling me that this goes way back before before modern times. Yeah, before vaporizers were any, you know, the, the very first vaporizers I can remember seeing in head shops were basically a, a soldering iron with a little hot plate on the end, and it kind of had like an inverted globe, uh, an inverted fishbowl over it that kind of trapped the vapor. And, you know, there was a certain novelty to it, and I, I guess functionally it did work. But, you know, the, only the material that touches the hot plate gets vaporized and anything that's a little bit above that really doesn't. And so it was very easy to catch things on fire and uh, it was, you know, a little cumbersome to use and clumsy. And so very early on, I, I made my own iteration of that very quickly and realized why it didn't work or how it could be improved rather. And very quickly, I kind of came to the the realization that convection was really the way to go and that when you have hot air that really wraps around every nook and cranny, you don't have to worry about where the material is in relation to the heat source because the heat source comes to the material and it can really touch every surface of it and get a much more complete extraction. You don't, with the, with the conduction-based vapes, you end up with really kind of overdone material on the edges that's closer to the heat and kind of underdone material towards the middle that's a little further from the heat source. And with convection, you end up with just this really kind of very even extraction throughout. So when I, my favorite, one of my favorite vapes out there is kind of these wooden box vapes that, that are like a whip style and you, uh, it's a perfect example of a convection vape and it's basically only hot air that touches the material, but it's, it's so large, you know, it's the size of a small toaster oven and it sits on your table. It has to plug in. And basically, you know, if you, if you weren't, if you're not where the, where the vaporizer is, you're not going to try it. It's, it's, it's just not possible to use. Uh, and so I think a lot of people were not even really uh, introduced to vaporizers purely because of that, because they're such, they were such stationary objects. And obviously now we've seen uh, a much, you know, a, a huge boom in the portable markets and everybody's becoming much more familiar with vapes. Um, and so with that in mind, I kind of wanted to pursue this convection aspect. I, you know, I certainly want to give credit to a lot of the, the portables that are out there, but a lot of them do rely on, on conduction. And as, as good as those units are, I think that to me, the convection based units are, are a much superior system. Um, so the hammer, you know, really, to, when I started to break it down, the lighter, the, the portable lighter that we all rely on every single day, at least when I was growing up, you know, the lighter was, everybody had one in their pocket. It's, it's, it's portable, it's pocketable, it's reliable, it's, it's always ready to go. And if it didn't set things on fire, it would be perfect. So I kind of 
my design kind of stemmed from that, you know, how can I improve the lighter in order to turn it into a vaporizer in order to make it more, you know, how, keep it from setting things on fire and, and just, you know, control that heat very, very uh, accurately. So, <clears throat> uh, besides concentrates, then what's, uh, what's in the future for the hammer? What do you want to improve on? I mean, I'm sure this wasn't your final design when you started making the hammer. It's, it's probably years different from what you expected it to look like. Uh, where do you want to go with it? Uh, you know, that's something that we're still kind of uh, thinking about. There's, you know, the changing market in the United States is going to kind of drive the way that vaporizers are used. And uh, uh, we're trying to pay very close attention to that in, in terms of how we are, you know, are, are in the ways that that's going to influence our designs moving forward. Uh, right now, I, we really are working a lot more on uh, making sure that the, that the hammer is as adaptable to everybody's uses as possible. Uh, that's really my, my favorite thing about the hammer is that you really can use it with everything, just like a lighter. A lighter doesn't care whether you light a, a, you know, a, a little one e or a, a, a huge bowl, and, and your, your vaporizer really shouldn't care either. And, and most vapes are kind of, they, they work with themselves and that's it. Uh, and it, or maybe have some sort of clumsy adaptation to to some piece that you have at home. And to me, as a glass blower, it was always very important to be able to not have to choose between my favorite piece of glass or my vaporizer. I want to be able to vaporize out of my favorite piece of glass. And so, but everybody's piece of glass is different. So the vaporizer has to kind of accommodate all different types of glass. And that's really what the hammer has come to. And so right now we are still kind of focusing on making the hammer as adaptable as possible to make sure that it meets everybody's needs before we kind of push the design into uh, a next, uh, a, a, you know, into version 2.0. And when you say meet everybody's needs, uh, you've, to me at least, you've often described the, uh, maybe not the ideal, but the, t the typical hammer user as uh, an ex-smoker or someone who's still looking to get those huge clouds um, or even you said some people use their hammer to combust, which I think is is odd. But but that's that's just <laughs> that's just me. I think lots of things are odd. Um, I would agree. Yeah. And and it, you know I described it the the way I saw it in 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 my review was uh, it's it's a good vaporizer for people who are outdoors a lot, uh, especially people who like to go camping or around me. You know the Appalachian Trail. Uh, so is that would you say that's really your quintessential market that? these, you know, outdoorsy smokers, ex-smokers? I think that's certainly a huge part of our market. You know, the fact that it doesn't have to plug in is uh, with a can of butane, you could be off the grid for, you know, months. There's, there's really no limit. It takes five seconds to refill the hammer and you're off and running. Whereas, you know, uh, uh, any battery powered vape is, regardless of how big the battery is, you could be at a uh, a two-day music festival, and two hours into it, you're you're dead in the water. There's, you know, you're camping in a tent, and there's, you're you're shit out of luck. So uh, the hammer really, to me, resolves that problem. But you know, I'm not really a, uh, I don't use the hammer in an outdoor setting that much. I am just, it really, it was designed designed to be the most powerful thing that uh, that would suit my needs. It's uh, it, it delivers all the heat that I need in a very quick amount of time, and 
and, and not only that, it vaporizes a complete load very quickly. You know, within 30 seconds, you can consume the entire load uh, or, or a minute, you know, say. And Whereas a lot of others, you know, you're kind of waiting, you know, it takes, it's more of a leisurely process. And I'm, I'm I guess I'm just a little impatient sometimes. Well, your, your original design was with a much smaller, uh, a much smaller, like, little herb chamber at the end of the glass bat and you ended up making that larger and adding the lock-on kit which means you don't have to hold the bat against the hammer uh Correct. who who pushed you to to have a larger herb chamber because you you didn't seem too excited about that in the first place when i asked you about it you said and then people kept making me go bigger and bigger yeah you know i i guess i'm a very moderate <laughs> you know consumer uh, and so, you know, there's always going to be a need for, for bigger and bigger and people want that. But I, I think that the, the lock-on kit that, that kind of was born out of that need for a bigger stem, I, I think really makes the hammer so, so much easier to use. It really, a lot of people kind of struggled with getting the right orientation of the original of the original stems. And this kind of, you know, the lock-on stem kind of makes that a moot point. There is an airtight seal onto the heat exchanger, and it really shortens the learning curve immensely. What What would you say to someone who's never seen the hammer and wants to look at it for the first time? So they, let's say they listen to the podcast and they want to hop online and look at it. What What do you, what words do you have for these people? It's not a bad vaporizer. I, I like it. It's, it's really nifty the way it uses the, you know, it has that, what is it, what's it called? The, the piezoelectric lighter so yeah, I mean, theoretically you're never going to run out of clicks on it no i mean i've got one that i've you know very deliberately kept in my arsenal and use every day to make sure that it's kind of getting pushed to its limits constantly and that that hammer has been in use for probably well in excess of two years you know multiple times daily so you know i would say that it's it's been clicked ten thousand times or so and, uh, you know, that certainly is uh, eventually a, a limitation, but less so than a battery. You know, a battery starts dying, you know, every time you charge it, it, it charges a little less and a little less every time you charge it. And the, the hammer that I have been using, it's basically, if it weren't dirty, you wouldn't know that it was any different than one that I had just taken out of a box. You know, a brand new one, it, it works exactly the same as a brand new one. You know, what we should discuss, and, and something really important, is you should tell everyone kind of what you told me when I was having uh, some problems with my initial hammer and started tweaking it and sticking screwdrivers where they don't belong. <laughs> uh, you know, that because the lighter, because the hammer is based on a lighter, I think there's a very obvious sense of familiarity with it, and I think that uh, lots of people already know how to adjust lighters, and it's easy to kind of think that you can make that adjustment. Uh, and a lot of people do it very successfully. They open it up and they and they adjust, make the adjustment and it, and it works just fine. Um, Mine was not so successful. It ended up with the <laughs> hammer being nailed back. Uh, but, it, you know, when, when you know what's happening, it is a relatively easy fix. And there is actually, uh, I think we're based, we're going to release a, another little instructional video here uh, within the next week, hopefully that demonstrates how to tune your hammer without cracking it open at all and to really change that flame range from high to low. And uh, it, it, it really does, you know, we tune every hammer before they leave, before they're shipped out. We tune each one to make sure that it's working properly. Um, but 
that being said, you know, we tune it to, to, to meet a very wide range of environments because we don't know where it's going to end up. You know, it, it might get, it might go to the mountains, it might go to the beach and, and it might go to a, a winter climate or a summer climate. And, and all that affects how the hammer performs. For sure, because butane, uh, when butane is hotter, it turns into gas much more quickly. And when butane is colder, it, it doesn't want to turn into a gas. Just like if you leave your lighter in your car on a cold winter day, when you go to light it, the flame is teeny, teeny, tiny, uh, mm -hmm. versus on a hot day, the flame is a very normal size. And so with, with that in mind, the hammer kind of changes uh, with all of these different situations. And so it's kind of funny that you, you that you mentioned this because obviously I've been using the hammer for many, many years now. And for the very first time in, I can't even remember how long, I set my bowl on fire. And it has partially due to inattention on my part, but when I started thinking about what was happening, it was, I had been, my hammer had been set to be used I was using my hammer all winter long in a very cold situation. And then we had an 80 degree day the other day and it was very warm and my hammer was running much, much hotter than, than it had in, in previous days. And so I wasn't really paying attention and suddenly I, I caught the bull on fire. And so, uh, you know, I, I kind of uh, certainly want to encourage users to remember uh, to turn their hammer down when it's warmer. I, I kind of drive my hammer by sound. You know, you can listen to it and tell how it's running and kind of adjust it accordingly. But like I said, I wasn't paying attention and I obviously got a, an, an untasty mouthful of smoke. Um, but, uh, you know, after I, re after I realized what was happening, I quickly adjusted my hammer down and you could basically do it very easily with the nail that's included in the package. Uh, and it takes about you know, two seconds to do it. So uh, we're going to publish a, a little video here shortly so that people obviously, you know, everybody that bought their hammer in winter, it's going to come up on summer. And, and while I, you know, they should be adjusted properly, you know, you should just be able to turn it down to the low end. You know, everybody likes to tinker with their stuff. So it'll uh, allow people that, that flexibility to kind of make it what they want it to be. For uh for the folks who are listening who hadn't read the review or, or may not read the review, uh, one of the reasons that I initially opened up my hammer, which I should not have done and that you at home should probably not do, is uh, it was uh, my hammer was, was flickering a little bit. I had the, the flame going out, and that turned out to be um, air in the fuel line, which is because they're shipped empty. They're shipped without butane, and it's important to fill it and then... What is it that you recommend for people to fill it and bleed the line out, right? Yeah, you can purge the fuel out. Um, basically, I like to use a little wooden chopstick or something so that it doesn't uh, dent the metal. Oh, and just press down on the, the nozzle that they use to fill it? Yeah, that little brass valve right in the bottom. And try, you just Try not to freeze your fingers while doing that. Yeah, it is cold. It sprays out cold, but when the butane comes out, it basically takes any of the trapped air with it, and then when yep. you refill the hammer, it's it's... You know, the, the air has been purged out of the tank, and then you've got just butane in there. So you say fill it, and then how much should they empty out? I mean, it doesn't hold very much. You purge it until it stops, you know, push the chopstick in until it stops hissing, and then refill it, and, uh, you know, basically once, maybe twice, should be more than enough to do that. Okay, and that's only when you first get it, and then you never need to do it again, unless you I have had empty it, I guess. 
I've had one situation where I needed to do it later on. And basically it was because I took my hammer on an airplane and I, uh, I believe that the, the, the huge change in air pressure, uh, created a vacuum. And then when I filled it back at, uh, you know, at sea level, it kind of gulped in a little bit of air. And so it was necessary for me to purge it again, but that's kind of an unusual situation. Where, where can people go if they want to see you? Do you go any to any of the trade shows? I know you went to some trade shows out where you are. I, I remember seeing pictures on your Twitter. Uh, yeah, we go to any of the larger shows. We do certainly try to do local festivals uh, around us and, you know, music festivals and things like that. But we also have spent a lot of time out at uh, champ shows in Vegas and things like that, kind of meeting directly with, uh, you know, head shop owners and larger distributors. Uh, is that something that you already have in head shops? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the hammer is pretty widely distributed by a couple of different companies. Uh, it's distributed by Vapor Nation and also by uh, Vaporizer USA. You know, I was looking at your website earlier, and you had told me that you were going to put this hammer bubbler up on your website. You were going to start carrying those. And that was months ago, and it's still not up there. It is still not up there. We uh, we have had some technical issues with equipment that are kind of preventing that still. Um, I, I'm, it's making me a little bit antsy, and so I've actually started talking to another glassblower friend of mine who uh, I think may be able to solve I don't know if he can solve my equipment issues, but he can certainly solve my uh, my my glass issue uh, uh, until my equipment is issue is resolved. Uh, but it is that is actually the, the bubbler is my preferred way to use it, and and we the website we certainly carry adapters uh, that are already in stock that will adapt to any bubbler that you have. But uh, we definitely want to put a, you know a hammer branded bubbler there as well because that that really is my preferred way to to, to use it yeah I, I will say that i had no problems at all using it through the bubbler i was very very happy with it and on top of that besides the fact that the the, the hammer bubbler is the only 10 millimeter piece that i have because <coughs> you have that mail joint on it I, I went out and bought a little 10 millimeter nail and i have it as a little uh, little rig which i like yeah. i love it actually it's it's great for that and that was kind of, you know, in my mind, it was, you know, everybody already has a rig. That's already kind of a common thing that people have. And so, uh, you know, not only is it a regular hammer rig, but it's uh, it's a standard rig as well. Right. And 10 mil is, it's fun to show. It's, a, it's still a novelty. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I mean, pendant rigs are becoming more and more popular. And uh, well, while I've yet to really seen someone, see someone wearing one around their neck, uh, uh, there's really no need to have a giant piece in my <laughs> mind. You know, it's uh, I, I don't need something enormous. I just need a little. Uh, but you know, everybody's different. Everybody's got their own style. Some people want a huge thing. Uh, one of the writers for Vapor Review Blog has like five pendant pieces. I don't really. I don't know why 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 five, but they're all really cool. I think that these these tiny little rigs are very very interesting and. I hadn't considered this, but you definitely were at the forefront of that. Yeah, they're. Uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate the small piece. I'm. I'm just a little. I'm a little lazy to clean my pieces, and so you know, it's it's a small. It's it's you can put it away easily, and it, it right. doesn't get too dirty. I like the frosted look on it too. The, fr the frosted glass is cool. 
Yeah, the sandblasting is something that I've been playing with in, in my glass with my glass company uh, overall. So it was something that I've been hoping to apply to these hammer rigs. Something I know about you and, and, and not many other people do is that the, the hammer is kind of a side project of yours and that you have a, a very fruitful glass blowing business. Is that something you want to talk about a little or you want to keep it to the hammer? Uh, no, well, I mean, I'm happy to talk about it. I mean, glass has been my life forever. And like I said, that's really kind of where the hammer came from was that I, as a glass blower, I'm a, I love to collect glass and I have lots of beautiful pieces. And it always bothered me that I had to pick between using this awesome piece of glass that somebody, you know, this piece of artwork that somebody created or, or using this little plastic box and, you know, nobody wants to use some nondescript plastic box. They want to use this beautiful piece of art. And and so really the hammer allows you to do that, to, to really vaporize out of any piece of glass that you have. That's that's fair enough. And I guess coming from uh, coming from that glassblower perspective, you, uh, you can appreciate others' work as much as your own. Absolutely. Um, and... You know, I mean, my, my glass company does not really revolve around glass for the hammer, but, uh, it, you know, we, we cover lots of great, that's the beauty of glass is you can make anything with it. And uh, I spend a lot of my time just kind of figuring out what, what not to make <laughs> out of glass <laughs> because you can really, I mean, there's, the sky is the limit with what you can make out of glass. And so you kind of just have to focus on, you know, what, what, what do I really want to make here? Do you have anything special that you use with the hammer that doesn't, you know, that, that isn't out in the open, available to the public? Personally? Yeah. Um, you know, just my, I mean, just my personal designs, you know, nothing that's really unique. Um, there's a couple, you know, we're very, like I said, we're very close to these concentrated adapters and things that uh, are, you know, in my possession and a couple of other uh, testers that are testing them. Um, all giving, you know, giving it huge, uh, huge thumbs up that they, they really are happy with it. But uh, there's really nothing that's, uh, th that's not available. You know, we have a lot of custom pieces that are uh, available on the website. With Yes. The, yeah, I uh, have one of those. We've got kind of uh, nicer stems for it. And we do some uh, screenless stems for those people that don't really like the to have a metal screen, we have like a glass honeycomb screen that uh, basically keeps your air path that much more pure uh, and makes, I guess, makes it a little bit easier to clean. I have custom stem number 021. 021. I believe and, so. And, and I, an excellent number. <laughs> I know, it's good. I like it. Blackjack. Um, I, like, I like these custom stem designs. I, now I'm clicking through all of your... Uh, designs here it is i know we're going back to the bubbler here it is kind of a shame that there isn't more glass available this is it's it's fun to see your work uh yeah you know i i have to I've, my glass company consumes a lot of my time and i i certainly have to uh you know fill orders first before uh, i start creating new things for the hammer right and so that that is definitely one thing that has prevented me from making uh, as much glass as I would like to for the hammer, because there are so many ideas in my head of things that I would like to be making, you know, not even production pieces, just kind of custom one-off pieces that are, you know, much more than a, a, a you know, a stem, you know, something that's large and, uh, and a piece of artwork in its own right. 
And I guess we had started talking about this, but we never got into full detail. How many years in development is the hammer? Um, let's see. The hammer probably, God, I don't even know. I would say, what year is it? <laughs> <laughs> 2014. Uh, I would say that the hammer functionally was probably birthed around early 2000s, you know, 2001, 2002, and probably by about 2004, it was functional. You know, it was uh, this ugly, you know, it, it didn't look like a product, but it was, it worked. Uh, and it was very, you know, I would say probably 2004, 2005, the hammer was pretty much functionally as it is now. Uh, and then it wasn't until about three years ago that I decided to, you know, turn it into a real product. And then it, you know, I spent another probably, I guess it was maybe four years ago that I decided to turn it into a real product. And I probably spent close to two years kind of refining the design in a way that made it more reproducible and wrapping it up in a, in a you know, a consumer, you know, in a presentable uh, package. Right. Uh, was it called the hammer back then still? It wasn't. We searched for a name for a long time. Uh, we have, you know, lists and lists of name possibilities. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it, it, it's just kind of what it looks like. Uh, I oh, didn't yeah. really, I didn't try to make it look like a hammer. I built something that worked, you know, to me, it's function before uh, form. And so it was you know, I built what worked first and by the time we wrapped it up and, and covered it and made it into a, a real thing, it was like, well, kind of, kind of looks like a hammer. Yeah. Well, it does. And it comes with a nail, uh, for adjusting the screen. But I, I thought that was a, a clever play on words. What information, if you wanted to let people know who are just getting it for the first time or trying the hammer for the first time, I mean, what tips can you give people to have the best experience? I know that one of the one of the things that I had to experiment with a little bit from start to finish is uh, whether I could use the uh, heat exchanger from the front or the back, and it, they're interchangeable, so you can they are. suck on any end of that thing. Yeah, the hammer works the same frontward and backward, and you know, to some extent, that just is an ergonomic issue to me that some people they just want to hold the hammer a little bit differently in their hand. Um, but I will say, you know, now that we have added the, the lock-on kit uh, or the lock-on stem, you could certainly put the lock-on gasket on either side of the hammer and it would still work the same. But it does ship with the with the gasket on the, the larger side of the hammer. And so um, the lock, basically the way the hammer ships now, you use the lock-on stem on the large face of the hammer and you can still use the smaller uh, kind of OG stems on, on, these, on the back side of the hammer. I um, I ended up putting, I don't know if every lock-on kit comes with a, a second gasket, but mine did, and I ended up putting the second gasket on the back and uh, oh, yeah. throwing another stem on the back because I found that sometimes if I wasn't moving at the same time, I would, uh, I guess what you were saying is the heat would be too um, too intense and you would get that dry feeling in your throat, and I found that putting on that second lock-on stem on the back uh, helps with that. And I don't, I don't remember why we agreed on that. 
It, it does help a little bit. It certainly removes the air intake from, uh, from, you know, any of the flame exhaust. Right. That, that must be why. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of, a lot of people like to do that. It certainly makes the hammer a little more, uh, cumbersome, you know, by extending, uh, another four inches out the back. Um, but it, it is something that a lot of people like to do. I personally don't do it on my hammer, but uh, we do get reports from a lot of people that they they appreciate the, the the option to do that to put another stem and it kind of extend their air intake uh, a little bit further away from the hammer. I really like all of these uh, these kind of after not not aftermarket but these uh, unintended uses of the hammer, whether it's sticking another stem on the side or I and I'm not. I can't stop thinking about the uh, dabbing right on the heat exchanger, which is something I had also I'd never thought about. Now I'm thinking about as soon as we get off this call, I'm gonna I'm gonna go look at you know my hammer and probably gonna use it tonight that way. Uh, yeah, it, it's that's exciting. It, that's kind of cool. I mean, it heats up. It heats up just as hot as a nail, or no? It must. It can't. Sure. I mean, you can. Uh, you know, you can make the heat exchanger glow if you turn the hammer on for long enough. Uh, I, you know, I, I, it's certainly completely unnecessary to do that in standard use just to create enough heat for proper convection that, you know, that's overkill to do that, but, uh, not necessarily so for, for concentrate application. Right. Do you turn the, do you turn the heater up when you do that also, or no, you just let it, leave it on the normal flame and what's, what's the appropriate amount of time you would hold it down for? I mean, my style, when I run my hammer, like I said, I'm a little bit impatient. And so I run my hammer as hot as it will go at, uh, and, and run a staple flame. So I turn the flame up. You know, when it gets too warm, you, you may find times that you hold down the trigger and the flame will actually go out because there's too much fuel coming out. And, and if that's the case, you just need to lower the flame. And so I will run my hammer as, as with the largest flame possible that is stable and basically just uh, inhale quicker to, to adjust right. for the heat. Well, with the concentrates, uh, you wouldn't even need to do the, you know, inhale quicker or anything. You just need to run it until it gets hot enough and just dab. That's right exactly on. it. Uh, yeah. Should I, I'm, I'm asking you all these questions about an unintended use of your device. So feel, it is. feel, feel free to say, I don't know. Uh, what's, well, should I, I'm should I put it on the, the back of the heat exchanger or are you saying people dunk it right in the middle, right onto that uh, little crimped part where it's almost touching itself. That's yeah. The, the guy who posted the video, he put, he used the included nail and put a little on the end of the nail and literally dropped it in the back of the heat exchanger with the, with the, the, if it's really, if we're looking at this as a real, as a, and it's an actual hammer, basically the hammer is parallel to the floor and the heat exchanger is straight up and down. And he literally just dropped the nail into the back. So that the nail kind of danced around loosely. And, and in that orientation, the, the concentrate runs down right into the hottest part of the heat exchanger. Wow. I had not um, considered that at all. If this, if this works, I'm going to start using this all the time. I mean, it's so, the hammer is so small, it's so easy to bring places. A little butane powered nail. I mean, a butane powered vaporizer is, uh, there, there are others. It's not, it's nothing new, but a butane powered nail is brand new. There's nothing like that. Well, but hold on, all yeah. nails. I guess all nails are technically an all in one kit, though. An all in one For kit. For sure. Before I put my foot um, in my mouth. But, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm eager to see where it goes. Uh, I don't uh, have the link in front of me, but he, the the user who was doing this, he actually posted the video uh, on the uh, uh, combustion forum. Oh, I'll, and so uh, I'll there's, find there's, it. We'll, we'll link there's a link it. to it there in the hammer thread that, that he shows how he's doing it. And so, uh, I, you know, I cannot speak for what it will do to the hammer over time, but it, uh, it certainly works very well in the video. And uh, I, I'm interested to see, uh, you know, I can't imagine a scenario where it would do any damage to the hammer aside from just making it uh, maybe a little bit dirty. Fair enough. Um, are you going to warn this uh, hammer you know, when it stops working? Yeah, I, I can't say when it's, you know, there's nothing to, I don't know how it would stop working if you're, if you're only putting it on the hot surface because it's not going to gum anything up, any functional parts up. Right. Um, hmm. But, uh, you know, back to the, uh, to the tips for proper use so for a first time user, I would definitely say, you know, one of the first things that you need to do is uh, if your flame is not running stable, uh, and it, you know, keeps going out or, uh, it just sounds kind of fluttery, you know, it, sh it should sound like a, just a, a, an aggressive torch flame. And if it sounds fluttery, uh, you may need to, uh, like I said, you know, kind of purge the fuel with a chopstick and, and refill it just to make, to get that air out of the tank. Uh, the other big thing is that, uh, you want to make sure that your, your leaf is very loosely in the stem. And so my recommendation to people is, uh, in the way that I fill my stem is to just suck it up like a straw. And, and that way you ensure that you're not packing the material down too tightly because if the material is too tight, the air can't really get in and around and touch everything. I want people to know where to go to get more information on the hammer. So that's, uh, your website is thehammervaporizer.com. And, that's uh, it. And, and you have everything else. You've got Twitter, what is it, Hammer Vaporizer? You know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know your Twitter. Yeah. I think it is. Uh, we also have a Facebook page. So, um, so people should check check out your website, check out your Twitter, Facebook. I know you guys are pretty active on Twitter. I see little deals on there, and it says when you're going to be at upcoming um, uh, shows. What do you call it? festivals? Festivals. We don't we don't have festivals around here. No. No. Summertime. Yeah, <laughs> we don't really have much summertime around here. It's. March and it just, <laughs> it just snowed again. Uh, let's see. So, what is your Twitter hammer? There we go. Your Twitter is Hammer Vape. So, okay. uh, so check out the hammer on Twitter at Hammer Vape, thehammervaporizer.com. Uh, you've got a Facebook somewhere in there. Uh, or uh, you can check hammer out Vaporizer Facebook. Hammer Vaporizer on Facebook. Uh, when you're done with hammer that, vapor, the, hammer. the Hammer Vape. I'm not going to get this right. Why don't you say it? Go ahead, Dave. I think it's the Hammer Vaporizer on Facebook. I, uh, I'm embarrassed to admit that this is going to be this is going to be. I don't our run our most, Facebook feeds. <laughs> this is going to be our most entertaining podcast by far. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm don't. Embarrassed to say, I don't run our Facebook feed, so I, I don't know. I, I, I would has, I would, I could be wrong if I told you exactly what it was. I know for sure that our website is thehammervaporizer.com. Yes, I'm, I'm are, looking at it, and there are links from that uh, to Facebook and Twitter. Perfect. Look at this. I you think. have a you have a review from Vape Life. Will he's an interesting character. He is. We love Will. 
I I enjoyed his plenty of review. The the music was very catchy, and he does his own music, which I think is entertaining. He does his own music. Well, for that review, he did his own music. It was just a, a clip of him singing the plenty's name, <laughs> but it was very catchy. Uh, I don't know. I don't normally. I'm not normally a huge fan of his reviews, but I really like that one. I went out. I got a plenty. It wasn't because of the review, though. Anyway, check out check out uh, check out the Vapor Review Blog website at vaporreviewblog.com. We're va- at Vapor Review Blog on Twitter. We have a Facebook now. I too have no idea what our Facebook is, but it was recently linked on our Twitter, and I will find out for the show notes. Uh, David, thank you very much for coming on the show. We've we've talked plenty of times before, but I'm glad other people can hear how strange our conversations get. <laughs> thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. <laughs>